Soft Extreme. Whether you need an AEG rifle, a gas blowback rifle, or a gas blowback pistol, Airsoft Extreme is the place to go. Try them out and to buy them. Airsoft Extreme carries all the major brands of guns, tactical gear, BBs, whatever it is you need to play, go to Airsoft Extreme. So the only thing you need to remember is AirsoftExtreme.com. Dr. Airsoft's here. He's done a number of online blogs about uh, iPro safety gear, airsoftmedicine.com. So, yeah, give him a round of applause. Yeah! Who's missing their field uh, guard? Hey, this is Jonathan. And this is Steve with Airsoftology. And for all of our Airsoft Medicine needs, we go to Airsoft Medicine. Okay, one and one and one is three. Hold him in his arms and you can feel his disease or he can feel your disease. It's Dr. Airsoft. Thank you, thank you. That is uh, also Range Master Larry, who is an author now, Airsoft author. You can see his article in uh, the issue of Take Game that I just got yesterday. Just came out officially today, I believe. I like the pictures. Congratulations. Yeah, I... And I feel bad because I don't even know who the guy is who did the pictures, but man, they're good. I know. It, it, the credits go, it says, Words by Range Master Larry. It's as if I'm writing the lyrics to a song. But, but the whole thing is kind of lyrical. This is uh, Airsoft Medicine podcast for May 2011. <clears throat> and this is kind of a special one. Um, we, we had quite a bit of stuff planned, but it's all been preempted by something we like to refer to as Senate Bill 798 here in California. And I'm sorry for those of you... Guys, uh, or, or by SB, SB 79, which stands for something else, but go on. <laughs> okay, yeah, I won't touch that one. The bill, and I, I apologize for those of you who aren't in California, you know, it, it may affect you guys. Well, it will affect Airsoft in the whole country if it gets passed. Hey, let me get, just give you a, a run, rundown here, and you guys have all of your written material areas, so just feel free to jump in at any moment. Uh, we should probably introduce our other guest. Yeah, this side, really, seriously. I don't want to kiss you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to Mike. I'm ch- it's, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's uncomfortably close. Okay, this is what was referred to in an early Airsoftology podcast as two guys, one Mike. Our guest, uh, we'll refer to him as Jason. Jason joins us for this very special edition of the Airsoft Medicine Podcast, and uh, we'll let him introduce himself and what agency he may or, or may not work for, and uh, what, what can you tell us about your... Why we had you come on this particular one? Well, first off, I'd like to say thank you very much for the invitation. I appreciate the opportunity to come in and be a guest. I am a uh, Northern California peace officer, been in law enforcement for about 18 years. And uh, SB 798 caught my attention as a uh, peace officer, first and foremost, and a uh, airsoft fan, number two. He said number two. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, For those of you who don't know that you're... You know, you're just listening to our podcast the way you normally do. This is actually going out live streaming through Ustream. And if you if you paid attention to my Facebook post, you'd know it. No, I just put it out today. So uh, it wasn't early enough to let people know. And we are, you know, we're taking a chapter from the book by uh, Gorilla Airsoft Radio, another podcast that we're fans of. The reason I gave all that introduction was because we just got a compliment on the Ustream social stream saying, hey, it reminds me of the old days of OPSEC Airsoft Radio, which... I take that as a compliment. Back to SB 798. This The story is that, and again, you guys jump in. Larry, just elbow me. I'll get out of the way and let you talk. 
The case occurred in December of 2010 in Los Angeles. There were three boys with airsoft guns. Uh, one of them was large, 200 pounds. I don't know how tall. It was the airsoft gun or the boy? The boy. Mm. The pistol, I believe, was a Beretta. He was, the, or three of them, and he was 200 pounds. He was tall. It was dark. It was after 7.50 p.m., which is not dark today, but in December, it's dark. The other two boys complied with whatever the officers told them to do. The one who uh, was the one who got injured did not comply with whatever the officer's instructions were and made a movement that the officer interpreted as, as threatening. The officer fired, which they're trained to do, and I'll, I'll just take a break here. What happens if you do not fire when you see a threatening movement when you're a police officer out on a beat? It could be fatal Yeah, if you don't, if you don't make the right decision. You guys are trained that way for a good reason. Because it takes time to make a decision in your head and then to translate that into action. Now, that, that's just you know milliseconds that it takes. But when the other guy has already decided what he's doing and the action's already started, those milliseconds count. So he was doing what he's supposed to do. And I think that there was a victim in this thing. And that was that police officer who shot a kid with an airsoft gun. And now he has to live with that. And my understanding is he was paralyzed. I, I haven't confirmed that. So I, I feel bad for the police officer. And this whole bill, I feel like, contributes to more of this sort of thing in the future rather than less as far as what the police officer went through. Now, here's the thing. Kevin DeLeon, a state senator from the uh, Los Angeles area, together with the... Wait, uh, wait a minute. Hmm? Is, is he a Democrat? It's in red on his webpage under, behind his name. How, how's, isn't there a silly uh, bill in somewhere that you can't use red if you're not a Republican? It doesn't say, it doesn't say what he is. You know what? I, I think someone needs to write a bill for that, and they can debate it and spend all their time. In he the has tax to dollar. be a Democrat. That's all I can say. He, he is. Yeah. Isn't the entire uh, California legislature? Pretty much. I'm not going to take a party stand on this one. I'll let you guys do that. So the kid gets shot. Uh, the other two kids don't who comply with the officer's instructions, you know what? Nobody got charged with any wrongdoing. But let's think about it. In the California Penal Code, it is against the law to brandish an airsoft gun in public. It also is um, stated in the Penal Code that for an adult, you have to be an adult to get these guns, for an adult to give a gun or allow access to a gun to a minor, they are responsible for what that minor does with that gun. So that's a problem there, the adult letting them go off unsupervised, not knowing what they're doing. So we've got two different things there that there was no charge for in this situation that if, if those laws hasn't been, hadn't been broken, this wouldn't happen. Well, what, what you also have here is, is a couple laws that apparently are ineffective. So we need one more law. So here comes Senate Bill 798. Um, Mr. DeLeon is going to save us from ourselves. Uh, let me give a quick synopsis of the bill. 798, by the way, it's, it's has moved out of the Senate subcommittee and is, has, in fact, it's moved out of the Senate and it's in the, uh, the Assembly, the California Assembly now. It's very briefly, it goes like this. Let's see, it says, Existing law defines BB device to mean any instrument that expels a projectile, such as a BB or a pellet, through the force of air pressure, gas pressure, yada, yada. More existing law defines imitation firearm to mean any BB device, but provides that a BB device is not an imitation firearm in regard to a provision imposing a civil fine on the sale, manufacture, transportation, receipt, or distribution of imitation firearms for commercial purposes. 
This bill would make a, the provision imposing a civil fine on the sale, manufacture, etc., applicable to BB devices. So what it simply does is it it um, adds BBs back or takes them from the exemption. In other words, right now BB devices it's ali ali oxen free. It it removes the exemption, but it leaves the exemption for what I call rainbow guns. So essentially. Your airsoft guns, in order to be sold, manufactured, transported, distributed, etc., would have to be a device where the entire exterior surface of the device is white, bright red, bright orange, bright yellow, bright green, bright blue, bright pink, or bright purple, either singly or as the predominant color in combination with other colors in any pattern, etc., 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 or clear where you can see the insides of it. So the problem we have here... now. Senator DeLeon did not want this to happen again for a kid to get shot. His thought is, hey, if airsoft guns didn't look so realistic, this never would have happened. If the officer knew it was an airsoft gun. And to a certain extent, I'll say I agree with that. And and I agree with him that I I don't want this to happen. And I would give up my realistic colored airsoft guns if it would keep a kid from getting paralyzed. I would. As much as I love airsoft, and I I know there's probably people out there seething at, at, at the thought of it, but Hey, this is someone's well, getting but, paralyzed here. But I'm one of them. How often do we take <laughs> the extreme worst case of something and then apply it to the 98% of things that are okay? You know, so, so somebody is, you know, a little bit of a knucklehead. And I'm sorry for what happened to the guy, but it's, it's a perfect case of stupidity has its own punishment. Well, that may, may or may not be. What I, what I would argue is, apart from that, the bill will not keep that from happening. And that's the reason to stop it. What? Well, well, wait. Let's 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 ask um, let's ask our subject matter expert now. One of the I'm looking at the the uh, bill analysis from the Public Safety Committee. By the way, this um, this bill is is supported by the Los Angeles Chief of Police and the Los Angeles Mayor, who happens to be a Democrat. That let's see. Where, where, let me if I can find the actual digest. His reasoning behind this. Oh yeah, here we go. Arguments and support. SB 798 was introduced at the request of L.A. Police Chief Charlie Beck to protect Californians, especially law enforcement officers, from the threat and dangers caused by fake firearms. Now, um, Jason, I would ask you, how is a law enforcement officer threatened or in danger by fake firearms? Well, I think that uh, any, any police officer, no matter where they work, has probably come across either a real firearm or, or a replica, and it heightened their senses as soon as they saw it, no matter what color it was. Um, just because it's uh, right out of the box, you know, let's say uh, blue steel or, or black, uh, fully functional firearm, doesn't mean that it's, um, you know, can't be modified or painted or uh, altered to appear like a fake one. So no matter if it looks real, fake, doesn't matter what color it is, you still want to proceed with caution. Yeah, and, and, and it's uh, probably also the totality of the situation at hand. Uh, movement or you've I've got my hands in my pockets right now you can't see it out in radio land but if I have my hands in my pockets and an officer approaches me contacts Larry, me Larry has hands in his pockets too much actually yeah and says but there are actual pockets here they're uh, <laughs> un- unlike yours <laughs> anyway uh, and the officer says all right look um, I mean would you say show me your hands or something or uh, and, and probably 
the speed with which I withdrew my hands from my pockets might have some bearing on what you do next. Oh, absolutely. And every officer is going to make the decision whether or not they want the subject to take the hands out of the pockets or leave them in the pockets. Right. Move them slowly or whatever. But if I bring it out fast, I may have nothing in my hand. Maybe a cell phone. I was going to say a comb, but in my case, that would be useless. You know, just just your non-compliant or provocative action, the, the suspect's non-provocative action could get him hurt. It has nothing to do with, with what color that cell phone or comb or airsoft gun is. Absolutely. Color, the whole issue of color. Here's the doctor speaking now. Our eyes see color based on how much light is around. As we get into lower light, our eyes don't have real good reception of color. And that has to do with, if anybody's had the biology behind this, you guys remember the rods and the cones. Cones see color vision, and they work in bright light. The rods see black and white vision. Police officers trained to respond to movement and shape. That is appropriate physiologically because that is all you have left after 7.50 at night in December. And so even if it was colored and the officer could see it, he may not have been able to tell the color. Of course, making it you know a fluorescent pink will buy you a little bit more time of the day that you'll be able to differentiate it. But that is not what we should be making the, the decision on. Should have thought to prep prep Jason before this, but I'll put him a little on the spot here. In in eighteen years, have you ever do you have any stories to tell about you know encountering somebody who, you know where the gun turned out to be either not a gun or a fake gun? Uh, I've had a number of situations where I was able to um, respond to a situation and, and fortunately never fired my weapon in the course of duty, but um, I have come across both loaded guns, fully functional firearms, and replica guns. Uh, there was one situation, some boys were out planking around in some warehouse at one of the agencies that I used to work at, and when we contacted them, uh, you know, they were very upfront, hey, we've got weapons, and you know, by looking at them, they look like a firearm not necessarily a BB gun. So that was a situation that I was very glad they were forthright and, and up front. But, you know, if they had it you know, concealed or made a furtive movement, then, you know, the officer's trained to, to act a certain way. And that's to protect himself and the, the folks around him. And that's why I was questioning the wording of the arguments in support. It, 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 it makes it sound like the law enforcement officer is in danger from the, from the fake firearm. I would submit it's the person wielding the fake firearm that's in the bigger danger. I would agree. And and since they're in control of their actions at that point, or at least ought to be, do they do they need this law to protect them from themselves? That's one one way of looking at it. The other way of looking at it is would it protect them? Okay. You, know, you can you, you could ask either question, and I think both of them take us to the same place, and that is this bill is not the way to fix whatever the problem is. The, the other two bills are now to move along with what's been going on with this bill, it passed in the Senate. 21 to 16, day before, day before yesterday, yeah, Monday. And now it's going to the assembly. Uh, I believe it's been read once. I did speak with somebody in Senator Gaines' office today who told me that it just got to the assembly. We should not expect a vote on this for another two to four weeks. And we can look at the, the website that everybody's got the link to. Uh, what's it called? Led, ledge info or legislation info? Yeah, it's L-E-G-I-N-F-O. It looks like leg info, but if you're expecting one of those kind of sites, that's not it. <laughs> Legginfo.ca.gov. Okay, and, and we'll get updates there as it goes along. Although, in my experience, <clears throat> that source of information has not been as, as quick or understandable as I would have liked it to have been. 
So we do have some time, and here's what we need to be doing. It's going to the assembly right now. A quick primer on this. A bill gets introduced. It has to pass one, either the Senate or the assembly, wherever it originated. In this case, it would go, uh, it passed the Senate because it originated there. It goes to the assembly. The assembly can alter it or refuse to pass it, you know, or send it back somewhat amended, in which case the Senate then has to re-tinker with it anyway. Once both sides have reconciled their differences, if there are any, it's up to the governor to sign it or not. So there's still some hurdles to be to be made for this bill. In other words, it's got to pass the other side, and the governor has to sign it. It also will, according to the person I spoke with at Senator Gaines' office, it will go into a committee first, the appropriate committee in the uh, assembly, and they'll decide which one that is. Right now, they're looking at it and deciding which, which committee it'll go to. Now, at that time... When we find out what committee that's going to, that is the time to contact some assembly representatives, specifically all the members of, of whatever committee that is. That's when citizens of California call and say what their zip code is and tell that assembly member or the representative or leave a message on the phone or send an email that they oppose this bill. And you can go into arguments if you want to. And if you do, sound like you know what you're talking about so it's best to keep it simple or follow some of the models that are are on some of the um, airsoft websites i think airsoft gi has a lot of stuff on it Uh, there's a lot of anti-sb798 that has some really well written material that you can use for this purpose and then send it to them do not use profanity do not use threats do not sound stupid Otherwise, you will hurt us. Now, I want to make a note here that on our uh, social stream, on Ustream, we have somebody by the name of H. Kerbin, and he was asking a few questions, and I'm answering them on there. He mentioned the VCA bill in England. Are you guys familiar with that at all? I, I don't know the details of that either. Somebody went over it. I believe it was a caller to Grill Airsoft Radio on their last podcast. And, oh, I'm sorry, that was Canada. It was Pete from Canada who was explaining how it is in Canada. Uh, VCA bill in uh, England, there's this uh, period where you can play with a clear or brightly colored gun. And then once you do that and be kind of go through this initiation of sorts, you can then become a member of a club and, and buy real airsoft guns at that point. Although they're limited in, in their energy more than they are in the United States, different in every country, but people say, Hey, this sounds more restrictive than the VCA bill. Yeah, it does. This is more restrictive. As long as we're looking at arguments for and against, the uh, <clears throat> excuse me. The argument against the argument in opposition to this was uh, posited by the National Shooting Sports Foundation. the The essence of their argument is that if you color these airsoft guns or BB devices like toys, then users could view them as toys and treat them accordingly. In other words, you're not going to take a, a pink gun real seriously. You know, even if it was a real, you pick it up and maybe you, you just because we're used to seeing guns in what? In chrome or, or blue or, you know, something like that. And we're used to seeing toys in bright colors. That also brings me to the data from that study of 59 airsoft eye injuries that was done in, or it was published in January of last year, of 2010. Uh, it came out of Israel, published in an American uh, ophthalmology journal that pointed out that these injuries mostly occur in boys, people with no eye protection whatsoever, and at very short range, when I say boys, I mean like 9 to 11 years old, 
and they're done with rather slow shooting guns. So that points to it being more when children have access, the more toy-like guns. It, the study doesn't say specifically brightly colored or clear, but it would go along with it that making these guns look more toy-like is creating a problem for Dr. Airsoft, who's concerned about airsoft safety, because kids will more readily, inappropriately use these brightly colored guns. Well, I remember as a kid, all my toy guns looked really real. I'm serious. I mean, they were like life-size and looked like Snub-Nose 38 revolvers or Thompson 45 um, machine guns or whatever. And it was great. And they didn't put little orange tips on them. And I don't recall any of us ever being shot by a cop. No, but I don't know if you had as much news coming through the internet back then to tell you about the case that occurred yeah. in Indiana or wherever. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and we did a show on this a while back where we were looking on the news. But in virtually every case, the, 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 the victim, if you will, the, the person who got shot, was doing something stupid or was flat out trying to use the fake gun in the, in the commission of a crime, pretending it was a, you know, they're trying to do a little uh, 211 armed robbery action and uh, got thwarted. You know, it's the, you know, you say don't bring a knife to a gunfight. <laughs> don't bring a fake gun to a gunfight. I'd rather have the knife. Um, I'd like to hear back from our, our subject matter expert, Jason the Cop. Um, so let's say your people are running around out on the streets with brightly colored um, toy guns or let's just call them brightly colored guns are you immediately in in you know stand down mode oh it's it's bright orange that shotgun's bright orange I, i'm okay with that i think it's going to be up to the individual officer but i think common sense would uh uh indicate that no the officer is probably going to proceed with caution uh no matter what color the gun i would definitely fear for the officer who does uh take it you know as if it were a toy gun and it's actually a real gun painted to look like a toy um, well, I, I once saw an officer safety bulletin where it was circulating around in law enforcement circles that said that they were reporting shotguns being dressed up or actually um, decorated to look like a, a super soaker. They would, the, mm -hmm. the shooter would take a super soaker and slide this 410 shotgun in there. And, you know, you know, why are you doing that? You're doing it for the express purpose, knowing that an officer will hesitate and look at this thing as a super soaker and say, ah, I'm not going to shoot. Mm -hmm. But I, I see you have an interesting little um, article there in your hand, Jason. What, what, what do we got? This is a uh, commercially available, basically uh, product. You can, you can dress up any firearm that you have either to decorate it in a camo flavor, um, you know, any kind of primary color you want. They have, they have a whole variety on this website and each one of these, uh, kits is about anywhere from $2 to $30, depending on what kind of color you want. And all you do is take the little kit home and you can, you know, wrap the tape around it, make it camouflage, spray paint, do whatever. And uh, if you just want to paint your whole gun, you can do that as well. So it's uh, $24.95 and that includes shipping. Yeah. And I'm looking at the illustrations here. So these look like AR platform type guns and they're in, in colors like lavender and cherry and starburst and uh, rose and lime green. And they kind of make some look, well, gosh. You're making me hungry. Well, <laughs> it tastes the rainbow. No, what we got here is real guns compliant with SB 798. What the heck are you going to do now? <laughs> oh, man. They could probably ship, distribute, and sell and possess those without uh, a fear of fine. By the way, the fine is 1000 bucks per incident. A I'm sorry, what's 1000 bucks per incident? 
the fine for shipping, selling, distributing. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. And I guess one one topic on this, a question that comes up quite often on the on the internet is what about the guns we have now? My understanding is they would be so called grandfathered that we're we're fine with the airsoft guns we have now. We're not gonna have to go paint them. We're because it, the law applies to the commercial transportation, retail, manufacture. It doesn't say anything about just simply playing with it. If this passes, first thing I'm going to do is set up an airsoft store in Nevada, just over the border here. <laughs> it's only 100 miles to Reno. Yeah, I, I thought a little bit. You know, what's going to happen to the industry? You've, you've got all these huge distributors in California. You know, we're kind of, you know, I don't mean to sound like California's it, but a lot of airsoft comes through California. And I'm thinking a lot of people are going to have their jobs move to Oregon or Washington because these are all coming from Asia and they have to come in on a port and then get, you know, across to the rest of the country. That's what I'm thinking is probably going to happen if it passes. Well, you know what I'm thinking? All of these distributors and so forth, you know what they got? They got lobbyists. That's what I'm thinking. Well, I've been, I've actually been talking to these people and I'm not seeing them do a whole lot other than really encouraging the general public to act. And I, I want them to. I'm on board with that. Uh, and in fact, that, that kind of opens up the segment of, you know, who, who are the legislators hearing from? Uh, they, they do hear, get letters from attorneys for uh, Crossman and for um, Cybergun and, and all, all the big guys. But I'm also afraid that uh, because of what I've seen on some of the uh, Facebook pages, that there's a lot of minors who may not even be in California who are uh, not helping our cause by, for example, like calling uh, Senator De Leon's office and cussing them out or threatening them. Uh, apparently something like that has happened and that's not helping our cause at all. Uh, I would even, I'm probably going to get totally flamed for this one. I even question how it looks at the legislative level for the support that the NRA is giving to, SP, uh, to oppose seven, SB 798. And, and here's where I'm coming from with this. If we have a liberal, say, even anti-gun legislature. And we do. And, and they see, oh, the NRA is against SB 79. Well, I better vote for it. Is it possible that their support works against us rather than for us? I, it, I throw it out for consideration and for you guys to argue, but... Uh, I'm not. I'm not saying it does. I just think I think it's worth talking about. I think that there's probably a segment of the population that just because uh, this bill is opposed by, say, the NRA, they're immediately going to their knee jerk reaction is to oppose, uh, you know, whatever that is. I've got friends and family that are uh, maybe opposite ends of the political spectrum, and we have some heated debates, and they may not necessarily know or read the the press release from the legislator or the Senate, but because it's backed by or it's rather opposed by the NRA, they're automatically for it. So it's just it's a difficult situation. Yeah, we're, we're dealing with these politicians, and you know sometimes that may have influence on how we have to approach this uh, because of who they are. It's, uh, it's actually bringing us to the end of the podcast. It, it, it actually went that quickly. Just That was lightning fast. A single topic of <laughs> SB 798. Now, uh, we will be uh, having another podcast, of course, next month. And by the time this podcast comes out, our May contest will have been won and prizes will be started to be sent. So we can't really uh, announce for that. But as far as updates on SB 798, I will be posting them on my Facebook page. 
which is just Dr. Airsoft on Facebook and letting people know where to be sending their, their contact, uh, sending their information, emailing and, uh, and when so that we can have the best impact on this. And I am trying, I am trying as best I can to personally speak to some people in the assembly so I can get these facts to them that we've discussed on this show uh, instead of them, you know, just reading whatever their party gives them. I, I want to thank Jason for joining us. Uh, thank you. You know, we can't use any more, can't be more specific with a name other than that one we assigned to you before we started of Jason or, or the agency you work for or the, can we even say the state that the no, agency? Oh, because he'd that. have to kill us. He'd have to kill us if he told us. <laughs> I think the solution probably in the long run is to get matching camos. So like lime green or bright orange camos. You know, that that might make it look a little more palatable. Yeah. Then you'd have to paint the entire forest that color so that you could blend in. Well, you could do it in the indoor places, you know, paint the plywood. Anyway, uh, until next time, this is Rangemaster Larry, uh, Dr. Mark Vaughn, Dr. Airsoft. And this time, Jason, I almost said your name. <laughs> Tell it. Telling all of our listeners to play safely. Spartan Imports Incorporated is one of North America's largest distributors of premium quality airsoft products for military training and recreational purposes. Our major product lines have full warranties, and we offer comprehensive in-house, dealer, and consumer technical support. Among the many brands and items we carry, Spartan Imports is the exclusive distributor of Magpul licensed PTS, airsoft products, Classic Army and Javelin brands of airsoft guns, and Amp Tactical and Mag brands of high-quality airsoft and recreational shooting optics and accessories.